Good morning. I hope you have all had a pleasant Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, it was uh, great to be here on Thanksgiving morning at the Bolt. I saw so many of you, some of you that I have not yet run into over the last several months. So that was a great joy. Uh, Mary and I had uh, our three youngest daughters in town for the holiday, and it's been wonderful to have them back uh, in Nashville. Well, several months ago, shortly after Mary and I arrived in Nashville, a young couple moved into the house directly across the street from us, about two weeks after we moved in. And they had hardly unpacked their belongings before the front yard was decorated with tombstones and skeletons and inflatable witches. There were multicolored lights that illumined uh, this macabre scene um, all throughout the night. So you wouldn't miss it. You know, if you got up at three, you still got a chance to, to see what was going on next door. Um, and immediately after Halloween, inflatable turkeys moved on to the, the lawn, uh, as well as other harvest scenes. And now... <clears throat> It's only started, but the Christmas decorations are being installed onto the lawn, and I bet before it's over, it will look like a Richard Scary book where one glance is not enough to take it all in. Um, you're going to have to spend some time uh, seeing what is going on. And I would imagine that as soon as Christmas is over, I'm going to get an immediate preview of what the next holiday might be as I look across out my window at their lawn. Well, today marks the beginning of Advent, as you well know, but uh, you know, whether we like it or not, Advent is for waiting. The beginning of our church calendar commences with this sacred story of redemption, and interestingly, it does not start with doing. It doesn't start with a celebration, but it starts with waiting, waiting on God. And this is not um, easy for us, particularly today. We are children and disciples of an instantaneous, <clears throat> high-tech, uh, fast-service world, warp speed. You know, 4G is not enough, 5G is just going to keep on going. And we are not good at waiting. Um, I, I, I've caught myself as I was writing uh, this down to share with you how it's not a joyful thing for me when my internet is slow and I'm waiting for something to load. Is that, that's embarrassing. I don't have to wait that long, but my goodness, the emotions that it brings up, even a twinge of anger, it's like, Malone, what in the world is going on? We don't like to wait. Uh, 5G is not enough. We want it now. We want it now. We're not good at it. It feels a bit too much like doing nothing, in a way. And, you know, we type A Americans can't have that because we're driven and we're purposeful and, and we wear uh, our busyness like badges of honor on our cloaks, you know, look at how busy I am. God forbid that anyone says, 
hey, how are you doing? What are you up to? Not nothing. Not a thing. Oh, no. I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and then I, I was going to do that, but I didn't have quite time to do that. And I'm, and da, 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 da. We take pride in our busyness. Waiting is not our thing. And the collect struck me this morning. It says, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness. And often we'll think, okay, the works of darkness are those really, those sins we don't want to talk at all about. But perhaps one of the works of darkness in our lives is actually our busyness. To make matters worse, waiting can often also feel like um, sorrowfully biding our time. You know, there's nothing joyful about waiting. Um, Think about the last time you sat in traffic. Did it bring you great experiences of joy? Or even if you're watching the game, if we watch some games over the holidays, the commercial breaks, you get to wait for the game to resume. And I suspect you were like, I'm so glad there's another commercial. I'm just, I was waiting for this, actually. (laughs) Um, There's not much that's joyful about waiting. And so, often what we do to avoid waiting And to avoid the discomfort, we brilliantly, at least in this season, conflate Advent and Christmas into one single season. Now, this is not a sermon to wag my finger at those of you who have already set up your Christmas trees. And you have your own inflatable trees out on the lawn and elves and all sorts of things. Because I'm guilty, too. I often conflate these things, too, because I don't want to wait, either. But the truth is, Advent is actually quite different from Christmas. It carries a strong theme of prophetic lamentation. It's actually not particularly joyful. Why? The world has gone off its rails, right? Things are not as they should be. Justice, this thing we long for, justice, all it echoes is simply an empty platitude in the violent streets. God seems to have gone on his own holiday vacation. Well, not only in Isaiah this morning, but indeed the prophets of old cry out this consistent theme of waiting on God to act. In their own ways, they herald a recurring vision. The Lord is coming. God will act. But for now, we wait. And we don't like it one bit. Here comes the musical reference part of the sermon. You knew it had to come at some point. The late Tom Petty was right. Waiting is the hardest part. But yet waiting is essential. Waiting is essential because it is in our waiting that our soul has the possibility of growing quiet, pausing, Opening and cultivating the capacity for awareness. Cultivating the capacity for awareness. How much do you and I miss? Because if we're honest, we have almost zero awareness. I have prided myself my entire life 
on my multitasking abilities. Being able to do this and this and this and, and not make a complete mess of it, but be somewhat, I think, efficient, as, although we're learning that it's actually not particularly efficient. But I'll let you on another little, in on another little secret. My wife, Mary, is not a big fan of my multitasking. Sometimes when we're together, I might hear her words, but am I actually aware of what's going on between us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose it reads my mail when I think about this. Cultivating a capacity for awareness. And it's in this posture of awakening and awareness that we have the possibility then to discern what God is doing when God is acting. Most of us, I suspect, have been seduced. We have been conditioned and deceived into believing that God is mostly found in kind of the big and the loud. That's where things are happening. God is almost never found in that manner, I've found out over my life. The ways of God are predominantly small, quiet, found more in trickling tears or whispered prayers than in the shouts and the bright lights of the crowd and the culture. As a Texan, I'm well acquainted with the platitude, bigger is better. And we want God to do really big, impressive, grandiose things. We want to see, you know, the fireworks. Uh, while God is actually planning to do something rather, it seems, insignificant. It seems insignificant, but it has the possibility of an amazing rippling effect for those who are quiet enough to catch it. Later this week, Mary and I are preparing to uh, travel to San Antonio to celebrate uh, the life of an incredible man who has been an influence in my spiritual journey. Uh, he is celebrating his seven, 70th year in ministry. And he tells a story I've never forgotten uh, of students that he would teach. And Almost invariably, when he would ask them, what do you see in your future as you launch out into ministry? Almost invariably, they would say that they are going to uh, do some great things for God. Perhaps have a worldwide ministry with impacts that reverberate over uh, television or the airwaves. And he says he is saddened each and every time when he hears this because nobody ever answers. None of them saw that simply being faithful where they had been called was more than enough. It had to be big and loud. Advent is not big and loud. Advent is waiting. And in truth... It's not so much that we are waiting for God to act because God is always acting and loving His creation. Rather, we're waiting to become aware enough to discern and then perhaps participate 
in what God is doing. The Father, Son, and Spirit are always inviting us into their loving care of the world. But so often in Scripture, what do we find? The people invited to join God and what He's doing at His party, we hear this often in the parables. Oh, they're just too busy. I've got to go pay my taxes or go handle something over here. Catch me next time. Catch me next time. When God broke decisively into our history in the incarnation, which is what we're looking towards, who discerned it? It wasn't the religious leaders. It wasn't the scribes or the priests who supposedly knew all of the signs of the prophetic utterances of what to look for, the professionals. It was peasant shepherds and pagan stargazers who caught a glimpse of what God was doing. Gazing at the stars and keeping watch by night, it seems maybe profound metaphors for some contemplation, for a life unhurried. You see, to most of us, it may appear that the magi and the shepherds weren't much up to much of anything of any significance. But they were the ones who found their way to Bethlehem. They found that God was doing something in a seemingly ordinary event. A young woman giving birth in a little out-of-the-way place. The truth is, waiting for God to act only seems again like waiting for God to act because God is always birthing something which we might find seemingly small and insignificant to bless His creation. The waiting then, it turns out, is actually for us. For our souls to become quiet enough to perhaps see what God is doing. And what God is doing is often in obscure and forgotten corners of the world in the forgotten corners of our own lives. I also think that it seems like my wife, God, is not a big fan of my multitasking. It doesn't allow me to become quiet. Advent asks something important of us, but something oh so difficult. It asks us to learn to keep watch by night. To sit with Jesus and to be quiet. Advent bids us wait. Don't set up the next holiday on the lawn. Wait. The waiting, while the hardest part, offers us an opportunity to be present and experience the blessedness of this moment. And then, also perhaps, to perceive an invitation to join God in a communion of loving kindness to illumine His kingdom in His hurried and darkened world. Amen.